As our listeners, my name is Einrik, and I will now recite for you the entire alphabet in less than one second. That's on history. You're listening to Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, David McGuire, and Sarah Ashley. So I finally saw Argo. Ooh. How good is that okay. movie? Oh my god. So how long has that movie been out? Uh, it's been out for a while. Months, I, I like. saw it. No, no, like a month. Only a month? Under one month. It feels it like a couple months. Oh. It came out in October. But yeah, I finally saw Argo. Wonderful movie. Yes. Yeah? Wonderful. The last 15, 20 minutes... Affleck knows how to do his shit. Yeah. Like he really proved himself. Yeah. yeah. And the the opening, you know what really got me and I really enjoyed was the opening se- title sequence. Yeah. The way that they did it cuz they did it all through storyboards. Yeah. That was awesome. It was very it nice. was a great it, it, it choice. It tied the whole mm-hmm. movie element into the story really well. It was a really good choice. Yeah. I thought I I really enjoyed the movie. I think a little bit towards the end I kind of got a little bit of a I want to say Hollywood kind of kissing their own ass again. A little bit of uh, how Hollywood saved America. That's kind of what it felt like a little bit like at the very end. That's kind of the point. I guess. Because Hollywood did kind of save I, those people. Yeah. I would I would say it was a collaborative effort. Well, I want well, really? Uh, yeah, I mean, very much to be so fair, is. if you actually stay for the credits, you listen to Jimmy Carter's speech. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, and, I know. and he totally I, gives did. a handshake to Tony, so, to Tony Mendez. So, yeah. yeah. I get where you're going with the whole Hollywood kissing their yeah. ass thing. Because if you think about it, they have that big final moment yeah. where the phone rings and you're like, ah, are they going to pick up uh, yeah. uh, the jig up? Yeah. But it was a wonderful film. It was. It, it was, was very film. I mean, Affleck, it, it, I think in, in reality, it was it was really the, the, the government that really but you'll did. you'll never know about it. Well, they did. Well, no, they, 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 they declassified, de- it, declassified it, it. So it's all out now. But there were some facts that were twisted for the movie oh, to really? make it a better. So it wasn't entirely historically accurate. It was mostly historically accurate. But Most docudramas. Well, I just yeah. got really yeah. loud for a second. Do you know which facts were I, twisted? I just oh, said I yeah. don't. Oh, so. I was just going to say most docudramas aren't 100% accurate. They yeah. do twist yeah. some things here and there yeah. for the sake of the, the film story. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's mostly the truth, but, you know. I yeah. can't actually think of one movie that was a Hollywood movie that was based on something in real life that wasn't 100% accurate. Saving Private Ryan. I know, I'm just throwing out a historical movie. That would be awesome if it was. Yeah, right? That would be really awesome. I don't think that, that really was happened. based yeah, on... I was kidding. Story. That's okay. why I said it would be awesome. It's okay. It's okay, David. Don't, no, you're <clears throat> sick. Don't get me sick. <clears throat> <laughs> no, but I think... I think if, it, if that movie does anything, though, it does show that Affleck is a very talented director. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he has really come into his own, and I, and I cannot wait to see his next movie. Yeah. So um, I did hear something, though, where, because, you know, they've been talking about Star Wars and tossing out names and stuff like that. His name was tossed out as one of the directors they want to approach. Yep. For Star Wars? For yeah. Star Wars. I, I remember hearing that, and now... I don't, I don't know if that'd be a good fit. I don't know if he's ready. No. I think it would be a good fit. I think he'd be a fan, ready. and that would yeah. be good. But yeah. it's, I think he needs a good. He he, three, he hasn't done like a. Oh, yeah. still. He's shown that he can do big budget movies, yeah. but he hasn't done a really big budget no. movie. Like I think I think like the town and this were. I'm guessing. Gone Baby Gone was like an indie film, which was right. low budget. That was like maybe the twenty. The town million. was his next big budget ish, and that's only because yeah. of all the action. This was huge. A studio, can, can, you yeah. know. Yeah, 
I, I would want to look that up, but I think I don't think even Argo was that big of a budget movie. I would say no, it was it under hundred million dollars. But he's he's growing each time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I would throw him Star Wars. I wouldn't. No. Maybe you throw him yet. the last one in the trilogy because by that time he could have made a couple of other films to sure. get him up and ready for it. Yes. I'd want to see him go a little bit further outside the did scope of reality. Did you hear that they've tapped Lawrence Kasdan to uh, to write the scripts? Yeah, for the last to help two. with writing mm-hmm. scripts, yeah, yeah. Right, eight and nine. It's not uh, who, no, who is Lawrence Kasdan? Lawrence, Lawrence Kasdan is or Lawrence Kasdan is it Yeah. Okay, Lawrence Kasdan is uh, a pretty well established screenwriter. He wrote and directed uh, Return of the Jedi. He, also, he, he didn't direct it. Yes, he he did. wrote it. No, Mark, Richard Marquand directed Return Thank of the Jedi. Thank you for correcting me. He wrote uh, Raiders of Lost Ark with uh, Lucas. He co-wrote Empire and Jedi. That's okay. right. Well, I do know that he did direct uh, Dreamcatcher. It came out in, what was that, 2004? Mm. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Stephen King adapted? Yep. Oh, yeah. that was a mess. You didn't like it? Eh, yeah, not he's got so-so luck I'm as not, a director. I'm not a fan of yeah. poop monsters. To be all... We're gonna be on <laughs> No, I, I know exactly what you mean. It's well, with that, welcome to Nerds on no. Film, guys. Welcome to Nerds on Film, everybody. Uh, I am Brian Moriarty. I'm Sarah Ashley, and I am Dave McGuire. And tonight, because we weren't sure if Miss Sarah here was going to be able to make the podcast, I'm barely here right now. Yeah. Um, if you can't tell, I'm a little, I'm feeling a little under the weather, so it was. She's kind of, heavily medicated right now. Sarah I'm, Ashley's new name for tonight is Walking Phoenix. <laughs> She's not here. <laughs> so um, we, we, we booked a guest host but she said she was going to brave it out so we thought we'd have him on anyway so we want to welcome back to the table kevin sutorius no not really i think it's mandatory that every guest with the exception of eric has to have some sort of um intro like you know robert's got bam and then you have huzzah so next time somebody has to do something it's equally so what's one what's word. eric's is eric's come together no right eric's, now. Eric is, he's part of the family no. so i don't think he needs yeah, he's oh, okay. one. wait it has to be huzzah i want to think about this <laughs> can i change well, this? Na- we'll keep it for now for now right. yes for now. For now. we'll negotiate your yeah. new intro later <laughs> my lawyers will draft with the papers yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. our people will talk our to people. your people and they'll have lunch <laughs> and we probably will get this resolved in eight years <laughs> that's Seven and the and legal system if we think. last eight years, I'd be so impressed. <laughs> I think that'd well, be 400 you know, episodes. We're calling from a source that's always churning. We're this always is getting true. Info, yeah. Which is a beautiful segue. It is a beautiful segue. Why don't you go ahead and sure. lead right. us in? So we started thinking about uh, topics to discuss for this week. And I, I think it got me thinking, you know, this is our job, right? One day a week we come and we sit and we discuss movies or we discuss Star Wars or comic books or Anything that really kind of filters through the news. And it got me thinking, like, the one thing that we have that's feeling our job are these media websites. You know, we've, we've recently quoted Crack.com in a cool I Watch stuff. Sarah Frequence Film School Rejects. And I believe the Mary other Sue, couple. Yeah. Mary Sue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it got me really kind of interested in the fact that we are such in a digital age where movie knowledge is so at our fingertips where we learn about, you know, where we're learning about movies that are eight months down the pipeline. You know, who, case in point, Star Wars. You know, this 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 merger, this acquisition just happened, and already we've got directors, you know, being thought of for these movies. We have writers being speculated. I mean, we ourselves 
spent a good 15 minutes talking about how maybe or maybe not Damon Lindelof and Brad Bird would be helming one of the Star Wars yeah. movies. It's unfortunate to see that that didn't happen. Uh, yeah, so as, sad. As a detour. I, am, I, am, I wanted equal, a polar bear in space. That would have been amazing. <laughs> of course, I wouldn't call it a polar bear. Right. No, right. Of course it would not. Be Wookie, would. It would be Chewbacca's best friend. Yeah, right. I was going to call it a Thangarian snare beast, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it would have had like well, a Dharma logo a... on it. It would have been great. It would have like, no, I'm like kidding. So. Well, what, then what about Wampas? I mean, those are... Or no, Tauntauns. Tauntauns. Tauntauns, but they're not bears. Those are like they're camels. Like, they're, they're, they're like, yeah, Tauntauns are like, yeah, they're like snow camels. Snow camels? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that are easily able to cut into their stomachs and provide you heat. That's right. See? Star Wars teaches us things, guys. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the point that I wanted to make and I kind of wanted to bring to the table for our discussion is without these things, we would not have our podcast, right? Our podcast thrives on these news feeds and, and such. But you think about it, back in the day, you know, prior to the internet, you knew about a new movie coming out when you saw the trailer, when you went to the theater yeah. and you saw a trailer. That's or you true. saw a poster, the yeah. very first poster go up into the movie theater. Yeah. You're like, wow, they're making that into a movie? Or I can't wait to see that because yeah. look, it's got Burt Reynolds in it or it's got somebody in it. And the one thing, and Brian, I think, can already start to go against what I'm saying. I have a counter argument. But I'm sure you do. You always do. And that's why we're friends. Frenemies. Frenemies. <laughs> absolutely frenemies. Here, David. Um, here. Have some more beer. Yeah. Mm, have it. Yeah. <laughs> Is it good? Yeah. How's that one? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Hope that one goes yeah. right to your hips. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> Thankfully Guys for are me, getting really sassy right now, okay? Thankfully for me, your blue moon's been laced with strict time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, like, if you think about it now, we have trailers for trailers. Oh, yeah. We have people going like, hey, guess what? In, in a week's time, if you come back, Check you get to the see trailer. the actual minute and a half trailer. But here is the 20 teaser. seconds of that trailer to get you enticed about seeing the trailer. Which is I ridiculous. mean, we are so saturated in, in movie news that it's coming out of every pore yeah. of everybody. And I think that would be a great discussion to, uh, to kind of have tonight. I agree, and I will launch right into it. I don't disagree. The internet has changed everything with how... We learn about movies, how we talk about movies, how movies are marketed. What I will say, though, is prior to the internet, there was there were fanzines. Yeah. Lots and lots of fan magazines where yep. you would subscribe, and those would get leaked out. And so it was a slower process. Right. But, you know, Kevin Smith on his uh, podcast, Batman on Batman, talked about this a lot with uh, when they announced that Michael Keaton was going to play Batman. There was a huge swell of information on the fanzine circuit. And, you know, people would write in what their, what their thoughts were. A lot of people were ambivalent. And then they released the first picture. The first picture for marketing was him against the Batmobile in the suit. In that, the suit? That, that, was, that picture that is now iconic of that film that's on the back, actually, of the VHS and the DVD was the first promo picture. And they, they shot that intentionally for the purpose to release to the press. So the fanzines released it, and that's how people got to see their first look. And they're like, oh, this is so badass. It actually helped very much like how ComingSoon.net or any of the other websites we've talked about today help, in a weird way, market the movies yeah, just right. by talking about them create the buzz and create the hype for to a them. degree it's it was yeah. the birth of the free press for movies before like trailers really like right hit the scene yeah mm-hmm. so in a way really it it revolutionized it mm-hmm. because it yeah. was instant yeah. now i think it just made it probably a little bit more accessible for mm-hmm. the people who didn't necessarily know about fanzines or anything like that yeah. um way back in the day so um I think it was able to to expand the the scope of of you know film nerds out there which I find pretty impressive. Um, you know, one of my favorite columns on Film School Rejects is called Casting Couch. And it basically is just a nice Dirty. long, I know, right? <laughs> nice long list of 
casting Not choices a. for movies that are just starting to go into production. So yeah. see that the thing is that to piggyback on what Brian said, right? These are to go with the Batman uh, analogy. Yeah. It's a photo of a movie that's already in production. Yeah. We are getting now things about movies that have just that studios have just said, Yep, we're gonna green light it. Like last yeah. week we we spoke about MacGyver. Yeah. There's no director, there's no script, there's nothing. All yeah. we know is that the studio said, let's make this into a movie. Yeah. yeah. And then that is plastered everywhere in the movie world. Yep. Yeah. And it's at everybody's fingertips. It's everyone yeah. wants to talk about. Mm-hmm. So it's if you think about it, the internet has taken that concept of here's a production still of what what is soon to come out within the next maybe month, you know, next six months or so. Yeah. And let's take it back even further. And so you you're actually seeing the conception. Sure. Right. Instead of seeing, you know, like you, know, if you want to go with like a birth analogy, instead of seeing like the ultrasound and being like, this is what could be coming soon. Right. We're, we're seeing the actual, you know, candles lit, the wine's been poured and they're saying, yep. Yeah. This Here, gonna here's happen. one thing that I will say has changed. Yes, that, that's definitely true. I remember back in my freshman year of high school. Remember the magazine drive you used to have in high school? The what? The magazine drive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, for those who don't know, in fact, I think we've never actually even revealed this. Dave and I went to high school together. I didn't know it. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> Trying to put that in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so every year we'd, to earn revenue for our um, our ASB department, we would have a magazine drive. So you yeah. sell subscriptions, right? And we would get a portion of it. So, of course, we did our own. And we the one magazine that I was really excited about that I got a couple of years was Cinescape Magazine. And it was one of the last of the fanzines. And they had a, they had a collaborative website. So they would post some daily headlines. But most of their stuff got published mm-hmm. uh, in the print. And what I noticed has changed since then is there's very little, if any, editing now. There's no, oh, that's a bad idea. Let's not run with that because we don't know if it's true. Like, (laughs) if someone had speculated that MacGyver was going to be made into a movie, that may not have even been published because there was nothing behind it. Right. It's literally a rumor. And they may, if there's a lot of rumors that are circulating, you know, then then maybe they would say something about it. But, no, we're talking about a lot of these sites. And to me, it raises the question of credibility. You know, where do these guys go to get their information from? Because there's so much out there, right? And they can say, well, this person said this, a friend of uh, of an insider at or they label Warner Brothers. A source a tells source, me. A friend of an industry insider, right? right? So first off, third degree already, and no one's specific, right? Not like someone in the production department at Warner Brothers. Unlike a newspaper would do. You know, they would, they, no, to be fair, journalists don't have to name their sources. You know, that's... That's a right that we have in this country. Yeah. Totally, totally fair. Totally right. valid. But, you know, it takes whether their their lead is true or not to be to be valid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of these sites now, they, they can get a press pass. They can go to a convention. They can go to um, any of the normal channels, a press junket, press conference, even press release, all that stuff to get the information that you need to validate your news. Mm. But it takes a... a, a a story being true. And to me, I, I keep thinking back to com and what it got to get Harry Knowles and his team of bloggers yeah. the credibility they needed. And it happened with Batman and Robin. Yeah. It happened when, because he had a, heard mm. from a very reliable source that George Clooney was going to be cast as Batman. Oh, wow. And no one believed him. Hmm. Not a soul believed him because they thought it was too ridiculous. And that, that and there's also a lot of rumor that he was, that George Clooney was actually in line to be in the Green Hornet movie that they were also developing in another studio. Huh. Oh, wow. So, that was actually a red herring. Why would the ER doctor play Batman? Yeah. yeah, and that actually, that's what got publicized in the, the credible stuff, like Entertainment Weekly, was mm. that he was rumored to be the Green Hornet. Everyone thought, oh, everyone thought, yeah, that makes sense. He's got that kind of suave. charming, suave, rich boy look. Uh, what is that French word? Uh, joie de vivre? Sure. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. For us that don't speak French, that means no. swagger. Suave. 
It means joie de vivre. Joie de vivre. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Thanks. It's a, it's the American equivalent of swagger. Swagger. Yeah. Yes. So that okay, that make a green a good green hornet. But isn't that the same thing? I mean, not to get into a comic book discussion, but Batman is swagger. No, Batman's not swagger. Batman's not swagger. Yeah. Bruce Wayne is swagger. Bruce Wayne is swagger. Bruce Wayne is yeah. swagger. This is why this is why I still attribute that George Clooney, I think, was one of the best Bruce Wayne. Well, that's a side argument, though. I know. So, <laughs> sidebar. Side. The point is, Knowles and his team knew about it, right? And no one believed him. And then when they guy announced it, and he put it on his website, he didn't. He didn't care. He said, so "We're going to put it anyway." Running at that point, and he's like, "Guys, they're already running. This is what I've been told. Yeah, it's going to happen." Exactly. They were already running it, and. That's the how they got the word. Yeah. The rest is history. And they also got the word because he saw the screening of Batman and Robin. And he also he also was the guy who said, this movie's going to be bad. And again, no one believed him because Batman Forever actually got a decent amount of fan acceptance. Yeah. So they didn't. He's, to go on a quick digression, he is a super touchy about the Batman. Who? Very touchy because he hated oh. The Dark Knight Rises too. I know. His wait, review. Wait, who? Terry Knowles. Knowles. He hated The Dark Knight Rises. He, he has Dark a scathing Rises. review of The Dark Knight, oh Knight Rises. No too. way. Yeah, yes, he way. rips that into pieces. He said it was a waste of $200 million and a Batman. Yeah. But if you want to hear more about that, no. go back to uh, episode that, I, three of Nerds that's, on Film. That's surprising because wasn't he like foaming at the mouth over the Dark Knight? He was, and he loved the Dark Knight. He yeah. loved, and he loved Batman Begins. He hated the Dark Knight Rises. To which we actually went into in episode three of yeah. Nerds on Film. So yeah, Nerds on right. Film, go which was yeah. Ghostbusters 3 Part 2 slash Defending the Dark Knight. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was... So, and I think that kind of does a nice segue because that's where I think the internet... Because that was what, 97? 96, oh, wow. 97. 96, 97. That's right. Right? Yeah. The and dawn then of the another internet. movie about a year later came out where internet was how it got its hype. Anyone know? Blair Anything Witch? Star Wars Episode 1? C- close. I was, I was going to go with Sarah's. Blair, Blair Witch. Project. Blair Witch. Yeah. That's true. Because mm-hmm. I remember that, was that viral was the first, marketing. At least that was the first movie that, like you just said, where viral marketing was yeah. what propelled that movie into theaters and got to yeah. sales. And, and I have to admit, I didn't know whether it was a fake movie or not. Whether it, everything about it was done with such veracity, maybe or vers- verisimilitude. I don't know what the. I'm looking at the English major for a word here. Yeah, well, I don't know nothing. what you're trying to convey. It, it feels it's the best look I've ever seen. It's just like, <laughs> let me see if I can read what he's trying to convey so I can help mm, him. Can't mm. can't get it. I'm uh, not necessarily <laughs> a walking thesaurus. I try to be, but. <laughs> Well, you fail. All right. <laughs> Turn it I'm hopped up on drugs. Give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> That's not good enough. <laughs> so to me, the Blair Witch Project was, it was so convincing. Mm-hmm. It was so convincing with the way that they, that it was filmed, with the way they marketed it. Mm-hmm. They never said based on a true story because I always thought it was the true story. And because you never saw anything supernatural necessarily in it. You just saw, you know, right. you never saw the witch, right? Ever. And uh, well, kind of sort of not the trailers, the yeah, and, not in the trailers. Absolutely. And, and as it yeah, turned yeah. out to me, that movie was actually the trailer was actually scarier than scarier than the film itself. <laughs> That's an entirely separate conversation. Yeah, I would but, have to agree with you. Yeah, but but we didn't know until like after it was released, pretty much, or like or like the week it was released that it was a. Well, it wasn't. They let a week go by, and then the creators, you know, came out and said, "This is all fake. It's a studio yeah. based film." Yeah. But what got them going was them putting things on the internet that's saying, look, there's this found footage movie that's coming out and this is all real and it was about these kids and they built this entire elaborate story all on the internet and then they spread it like a virus. And so when people went to go see it, the reason why they got the screams and the scares and all the jumps is because everyone walked into that movie opening weekend thinking, this is a legit movie. Someone found this footage and they pieced it together for us to view. Hmm. And so that's why everyone, because my brother saw it. My brother is... Which one? 
Ryan. He likes okay. shitty movies sometimes. But that's okay, because he and I have good conversations about it. But he was frightened by this movie. I mean, he legitimately talked this movie up to no end, saying it was the scariest movie he's ever seen, yada yada. He had seen it opening weekend. Mm-hmm. So he was completely blind to the truth. And so when he saw it, completely different mindset about how this movie was to be perceived. I saw it on a Saturday morning in my house on a DVD rental. Yeah, I thought I did it was too. the most yawn fest of movies that I've yeah. ever seen in my the, life. Yeah. Same, see, uh, same situation. I saw it with the lights on. It was because it was in broad daylight. And it was a Saturday morning. I was just like, this movie is not scary. And I couldn't understand why. And it wasn't until I got older that I realized that the was, internet played such a huge part in its genesis and its popularity. Interesting. Huh. Well, that was actually a tangent that I also wanted to touch up upon in terms of uh, movies and internet is viral marketing and how prevalent it is uh, this day and age compared to Blair Witch Project. Um, you said this was 97, right? When it came out? 97, well, 98? Blair Witch was about 99. 98, 99. 98, 99. Okay. So the internet was just kind of starting. Right, yeah. Off. So that yeah. was that was fourth or fifth grade for me. And so I got to tell you, that was a rated R movie. There was no way I was going to see it in uh, theaters. And my access to the internet was at school once a week just to visit like these you know educational websites and everything so i never got to experience that myself and i always wondered what like the first big movie that spawned viral marketing was and this this has been very enlightening (laughs) for a big a big movie nerd like myself yeah well there you go yeah Yeah. (laughs) i I applaud you well and and you know beyond beyond that um and that viral marketing on the internet has um has grown so much. And if you look at what JJ Abrams did with Cloverfield and with super eight, yeah, um, absolutely. And there uh, are several other, um, movies that have also done this where they do, um, it's almost like a game yeah, yeah. where you go to the website and then there's instructions and then there's like this whole other backstory and there's, and there are actual websites and forums dedicated to these things. And there's actual games happening. Like there was one in San Francisco locally that I almost participated in. It was really crazy. For what? Um, I don't even know what the movie was for because I, I got really lazy. <laughs> um, I wanted to throw in the ring. I think the to this day, The Dark Knight had the best viral marketing campaign that I've ever seen. And I think I, so. I really wanted to participate in it. And of course, it wasn't in my It was theaters. so good because it, it was started with The Joker. Mm-hmm. And it was the whole... Uh, Chaos there, and yeah, everything. There was actually a whole separate website called... Uh, was it a taste for the theatrical.com? Yeah, that's right. And it was for all the Joker people, all of the Joker's followers. Yeah. To gain, it was absolutely. It was so. To, it was to the point where actually, my friend, our friend, a mutual friend of ours, thought that when Heath Ledger was found dead in New York, uh, that he thought it was legitimately tasteless, but viral marketing by Warren Brothers Whoa, to build hype wow. for the movie. Yeah, that, at first, that was his knee-jerk yeah. reaction. Wow. Yeah. But on a brighter note, I, I want to also throw my uh, hat in the ring. I actually participated in a viral marketing campaign for Super 8 when it was coming out on DVD and Blu-ray. Um, there was a, it was, I think, 10 cities, and one of them happened to be San Francisco. And I got up at the butt crack of dawn to drive almost two hours to get to the supposed site of where this was going to take place. And I literally stayed there for, I think it was five and a half to six hours until the hunt actually began because I went around scouting the possible locations in oh, this right. one park. Oh, right. You told me about this. Yeah. yeah. This was at um, this is at Golden Gate Park. Golden Gate it? Park. That's right. Yeah. Um, I, I even brought my uh, bike to bike around the majority of Golden Gate Park to spot out, you know, possible sites of where I could get a free copy of Super 8 on Blu-ray signed by J.J. Abrams, who happens to be one of my favorite directors oh my and writers in this day and age. High five. Yes. Third in. Um Coincidentally, I came in second place to say, I guess that's the best way to put it. Um, They accidentally 
tweeted the wrong information about this uh, hunt, the scavenger hunt. And um, I came in second place and I tried to talk them out of it. Like, hey, wait a minute, this isn't fair. I spent, you know, money to get into a location. And they were like, sorry, we were given the wrong information to relay. And I'm like, Ugh. but hey, I walked away with a Super 8 shirt and a Super 8 theater size poster. Nice. Sign? Yeah. Uh, no sign. Damn it. I know, right? But it was still awesome. That's I got to cool. see the Blu-ray with J.J. Abrams' signature on it. And it was it was fun, even right. though they kind of screwed it up a little. But it was right. still a lot of fun. So what I do find interesting is is that you know we do have all this viral marketing. And we do have teasers for trailers for movies, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it, it does build up a lot of hype. It does. We have all this talk about, oh, my God, they're remaking Total Recall. Da-da-da-da-da. Comes out in theaters. Silence. Yeah. Right. Because and that's that's like I feel like a true mark <laughs> of a movie at that point is is how the internet hype goes. You've got all this build up, oh, yeah. and if after that you hear like you get one review, and then just silence, mm-hmm. and that'll tell you if it's a lasting movie or not, and whether I should go see it or not. Hence yeah. why I still have not seen Total Recall the remake. <laughs> well, I will tell you, um, the only redeeming part about the movie is the car chase. Oh, okay. It's actually inventive. It's pretty cool, and the effects are pretty awesome. Uh, the movie on the whole is like maybe worth a dollar rental. And if you have a Blu-ray player, it would then be a $2 rental worth. So you think like right. Redbox, you would Redbox it. I would Redbox it. True or yeah. false? Shot for shot of the original. False. Absolutely 100% false. Okay. I heard it was based more on the book. Correct. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, interesting. Well, and, and see, that, and that kind of got me. It, I like what you said there where there's a lot of silence afterwards. Yeah. Because... <laughs> In this hype that is being built up over the internet, like to go back to what Brian said, right? You saw the production still, and everybody's just, I'm so excited, I'm yeah. so excited. But beforehand, right, we got excited by a poster and a trailer, and, we, and when we saw the movie, that's when it all came at us, and we're like, oh my god, the movie was mind blowing. You can talk about it with friends, and it's this, yeah, you know, this tree effect. And now, if you're like Sarah, if you look at the internet and there's no conversation about the movie, or afterwards, afterwards, yeah. if there's a bad review. It, that movie dies. Yeah, it lives. Movies now live or die by the internet reviews by fans more so than they do by the actual critics. Yeah. That's not to say I won't ever see it. Right, but you're going to watch gonna it like on Netflix. a showtime on a Thursday afternoon yes. or <laughs> Saturday yeah. morning sure. at ten o'clock when you're like half you know half awake and you're eating a bowl of cereal out of the large <laughs> mixing bowl yeah. and vacuuming. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Who do you think I am on Thursdays? <laughs> I think he was talking about himself. Yeah, Dave. Channeling himself using you as the bridge. Are you are you eating cereal out of a giant mixing bowl no. while vacuuming? Like, wow, you are wearing a very nice shade of red right now. <laughs> you're, like you're so flushed. You're so, so flushed. Clenched, darling. But How no, are you multitasking like that? <laughs> Just the sheer hand-eye coordination. <laughs> I got to keep my brain fresh. You know, I got to keep it going. Do you have the circus music playing in the background? Actually, yeah, the Benny Hilton. Oh, Jackie Sacks? Yeah, right. Nice. He must go through a Captain Crunch like crap through a goose. But I think what I think is so fascinating is that by the time the movie comes out, we know more about the movie by the time it comes out than people who were watching movies 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, I mean, if it weren't for people like, I mean, and I have to give J.J. Abrams his just desserts because he is the reason why there's still a lot of ambiguity. Like when Star Wars was getting made, right, they had, you know, the name, you know, Blue Harvest and they had certain code names to kind of keep things under wraps. For Return of the Jedi, yes. For Return of the Jedi. Yes. But that kind of, that ambiguity and that secrecy kind of fell off the map. And then when J.J. Abrams came around, he brought it back. And so things like, I mean, if it weren't for the leaked three-second clip or the leaked 
photos of him on the set with you know Star Trek Two and the IMAX camera that they filmed it in. By the way, oh, I snap. did not hear about Yay. this. I get to break this. Yeah, they, break they filmed it, it with uh, natural or uh, excuse me, natural real IMAX cameras. So when the movie comes out in IMAX, go It'll to be see actual it. IMAX, actual IMAX for certain segments like The Dark Knight Rises. Right. Um, so go see it at the Metreon in San Francisco. Oh. Actually, I would go see it at the Hackworth dome not not the because that's limax at no 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 the metreon is the Uh six-story imax amc cupertino and amc uh metreon are excuse me amc uh mercado are limax before you guys throw down sarah and i just want to say this is very entertaining this is like a nerd no i will agree with you the dome is the real imax however because that's been around for what almost 18 years way to use rogerian logic and just deflate no it's true awesomely epic debate (laughs) about you can keep going yeah yeah i don't think any other form than domed imax is real real imax i know that imax.com will will say it's imax but i don't think it's legitimate i think they're they're unwelcome stepchildren into the imax universe have you seen a movie at amc metreon in real imax i have which one i saw the dark knight okay yeah was not impressed I saw The Dark Knight Rises and real IMAX three times. Real IMAX. Real IMAX. Because over an hour of that movie was shot with real IMAX. I know. IMAX. I know. And I really wanted to see it at the Hackworth film, but I couldn't find a showtime that I could make it to. Oh, right. And I was so just devastated because yeah. it was – I saw that movie four times in theaters. Yeah. Four times. Yeah. I saw I saw it five times. Yeah. To say the least, I didn't like it. <laughs> totally kidding. So, Sarah, how would you wow. score that debate? I, you know, I don't know. I, it I tapered off draw. at the end. I'd it tapered off. I, I think yeah. it was it was the the unspoken like the gentlemanly tension between, yes. in in the words that was yes. that was that was quite palpable. Yes, quite good. Yes, yes. 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 quite quite. Mm. Well, you, you guys have a lot of mutual respect. Yes, yeah. so I appreciate Absolutely. that, and then yeah. hence the cordial you, tension yes. is what it was. You didn't, you I didn't, didn't want to put bruises further. on Brian's face. I will say better than our presidential debates this last. Yes. Well done. I'm sorry. What were you talking about again? Huh? Who? But, what? Um, but yes, getting back to J.J. Abrams and how he masters hype yeah. and, and suspense and ambiguity. Right. And I think it all, I mean, if you think about it, he really harnessed that ability with his TV shows. Yeah, right. Absolutely. He did it with Alias. He did it very much so with Lost. And then he translated it to film because when they started doing Star Trek, he had so much wrapped up on that movie that we had no idea what was going on until about a week before... I mean, probably maybe a month. I'm probably exaggerating. It was probably about a month before the movie released. Mm. But by that time, I mean, he he was leaking it out slowly. He had such a hand on it. Same thing with Super 8. Yeah. You know, you get like these, you get, he he creates these scripts or he gets people to write these scripts and then they have to get in like on a lockbox and a key. That's right. You know, I mean, it's just, that is so outstanding that we're at that level now where directors have to basically write a script. They get an idea for it. Case in point, the Prometheus. Yep. Right? Prometheus. Yep. There was so much hush-hush on that movie. Mm-hmm. There's an interview that Damon Lindelof gives where Tony Scott gave him the script. The page that gave Damon Lindelof the script would sit outside in his car. Tony Scott or Ridley Scott? Was it Ridley Scott? Yeah, it was Ridley Scott. Ridley yeah. Scott. Oh, sorry. But Tony Scott, Scott was a uh, producer. He was a producer, yeah. yes. Okay. But well, I'm sure it was Ridley, Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott's my, the Arturo. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyways, his page is sitting outside waiting for Lindelof to finish reading the script and then to get it back. And then, I mean, there's yeah. just all this secrecy because yeah. we have to now. I mean, what's to say that somebody's not going to take the script and want to run off and photocopy it and then post it on the internet and then, you know, there's the entire script from beginning to end. Yeah. You know, and I think that's also happened with a couple of other scripts where there's been leakage of the script. There have been, I mean, scriptorama.com is loaded mm-hmm. with Un- unproduced unproduced screenplays. There was an unproduced sequel to The Fifth Element that's on their website. Really? Shut up, really. Yes. <gasps> I really. regret it. No. 
Oh, I, <laughs> that's that true committed. because I did read the uh, Frank Darabont version of Indiana Jones 4. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, my God. Way Men better. From Mars? Right? Or, uh, yeah, uh, I forget what the, the subtitle was, it but... Was his opening Monsters se- from Mars. Yeah, his 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 opening sequence and his introduction to Indy was totally different. Leaps right? and bounds better than what actually got filmed because it's, it's Frank Darabont. I know. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. He is amazing. And apparently, Henry Jones Senior was in the movie too, yeah. right? Yeah, as well yeah. as Henry Sala. Jones. Yeah, Senior. Yeah, yeah. The Junior. only people that weren't in it was Junior. I don't think Mutt was in his version. So, and then they fired him from that project. They said, "No, we're going to go with David Coep." who is going to take an amalgamation of everybody's ideas and formulate one yeah. story. And to be fair, David Coop has done good scripts. Yeah, he has. done. I mean, he wrote Jurassic Park. Uh, co-wrote it with Michael Crichton. Co-wrote he it with Michael Crichton. Spider-Man 1 and 2. Spider-Man 2 was rewritten by um, either Alvin Sargent or it was Miles Miller and Alfred Goff. It sounds about right. I'm sorry, yeah. but I have to say to Sarah, it's like there's two Bryans. I know. Yeah. It's really fun, isn't it? <laughs> I'm an amalgamation. I have an amalgamation of useless knowledge that just floats in my brain, yet when it comes to simple math, not enough room. <laughs> what? <laughs> I see. I yeah. like that. Well, well played. <laughs> well, not just uh, scre- uh, scripts getting leaked, but also um, footage gets leaked early. Um, happens quite frequently. Um, I remember when the the first Wolverine origin movie came out. I saw. Um, you dare speak its name in this table? I know. I know. I know. It has you to have be disgraced your family's name. It has to be spoken, so we never make that mistake again. And yet we're making a sequel. So carry on. Whatever. It's, it's, I still love Hugh Jackman. I forgive him for it. You know, we all love Hugh Jackman. You love him for different reasons. We think he's a damn good actor. I think no, no, he's no, no, a damn no. good I, actor, too. Yeah, but she also kind of like... Yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> he is a good looking dude. I'm not going to lie. She wants to jump his bones. Yeah, no, I'm with Sarah. I jump his bones. So there you go. I'm not the only I one. I knew it. <laughs> dude, I knew it. I want to be that guy that walks into a bar. It's like a girl goes like, I just slept with Hugh Jackman. Everyone's like, yeah, you're probably like the eighth girl that said that. Like, I'm going to want to be the first guy that's like, I can just fucking bone Hugh Jackman. Everyone's going to be like, I'm going to buy you a beer. Everyone's, everyone's like, wait, who boned who? <laughs> wait, I've, I'm not sure if I mentioned this before. I'm not, no offense. You kind of look like a catcher. Wow. <laughs> no, 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 no. In the situation, in the uh, situation. Yeah, 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 I'm sure. You, yeah, you, yeah. That, that is boning Wolverine. Of course you're going to be the catcher. Right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like when the when Wolverine Origins came out and mm-hmm. there was all that footage that was released early on um, mm-hmm. before the movie came out. In fact, before the movie was even finalized and the graphics were only about 40 percent done or so. Yeah, yeah, it was, was a work the early release. Yeah. 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 And uh, I, I, I watched a, a good chunk of it and uh, I was thinking, OK, well, with more graphics, maybe this would be a little bit better. I was wrong. <laughs> Some people said that I think they thought the, the working cut was actually a better cut of the movie. Looking, leaving out the whole no special effects yeah. or being the special yeah. effects being unfinished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some, some people argued that they thought it was a better film. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like with, with that movie, Gavin Hood just totally overdid it. Because um, he's never done a studio film before. The film he did before was City of God, if I'm not mistaken. Sure. But I think with superhero movies, I mean, look at Brian Singer. He had done, what, After Pupil at that point? How are you forgetting the usual suspects? Yeah, but that was still... Here's here's my, my my feelings, okay? Because well, it's not a superhero movie. I just want to no, put that out there because it's an amazing. The movie. thing that Singer did really well is that he let the superpowers tell be the fancy part of it. You know, there was no fancy shooting. There was no crazy shots. It was just it was classic class, cinema, classic cinema yeah. style. But the superpowers were the, the special point. Gavin right. Hood is like, I'm gonna make the camera go like this and like this, and Gavin's gonna do this, and it's gonna be amazing. So what you're saying was that. The camera was a closeted 15-year-old gymnast. <laughs> exactly. 
now, I'm glad that we also, got that covered. Thank you. <laughs> um, by the way, uh, trivia note. Do you know that Richard Donner uh, helped Gavin Hood choreograph a lot of the uh, action sequences? That doesn't surprise me because Richard Donner is the king of the slow-mo action shot, and there's a lot of those. Ooh, in, I would argue Michael in, Bay is the king of slow-mo. I don't want to give him that title. I enjoy this movie. There's going to be a nerd degree. showdown between you. I know. You guys are just like Wait, hold on, hold on. finding I points of like contention everywhere. <laughs> I, I detect a nerd battle here, sir. Um, I do declare this to be beginning. <laughs> oh my god! Wowza! Um, back to leaking. <laughs> back to leakage. <laughs> Take that as you will. Keep that part in. Oh Jesus! Excuse me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You should just said something. <laughs> That's right. That's um, right. <laughs> okay, so okay, then let's get away from that point a little bit. Then, um, but yes, the work print leaked. Yeah, one of the news anchors from or writers from some Californian either a newspaper or news show I, or station I forget which one it was posted a review off the work print, and that guy got fired and he got fined. Mm. I can't believe fined, like, not suit. He got well. Instead of a lawsuit, he got a huge fine and was forced to, you know, quit. Oh, or he was fired. I just remember the controversy surrounding yeah. that exact uh, yeah. that that same work print, which I found hilarious because who in their right mind would review a pirated, non-finished movie in a public? I was walking down the street one day, and some guy at the corner said, "Hey, you like X Men? I got this new Wolverine print that no one's ever seen." Just it's got about forty percent done in the graphics. You should write it a review off of it because I think that would make you very profitable. Just take it and go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just take it and go. Yeah. And do you know what you want money for? No, I think that would be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, I mean, jumping off of uh, your your comment in terms of the movie, I saw that movie opening weekend. I saw a matinee on Friday because I didn't have classes. I went with one of my friends. Despite all the negative press, I was like, you know what? I like the character Wolverine. I like Hugh Jackman. Let's see how this goes. Man, it was so disappointing. It's not that the movie is terrible. It's just it's so disappointing. And I'm even with the information surrounding the work print and everything that still didn't dissuade me from seeing the movie. But it was still disappointing. To continue our theme, though, did you feel like the leaking or the oversaturation of that movie helped either enhance or hinder the, the going to go see it? It absolutely hindered it. Okay. Absolutely, because, uh, you know, a lot of the film blogs, they would talk about it. They didn't overtly say that they saw it, but there was just so much negative press surrounding that work print. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the movie comes out and it's just like, it's worse than you could than the work print, some people said. And it was just like the fact that his his claws looked CG when before they actually looked realistic. Yeah, I remember reading that uh, comment as well. That's when viral marketing, inadvertent viral marketing, uh, can go bad. Yeah. Yeah. It can get out of hand pretty fast. Yeah. Absolutely. Then again, it can also be really, really good. Yeah. On the indie scene, the internet's proved to help so many people get um, get their movies out there. Yeah. And in a whole other forum, there's, there's Kickstarters for movies now and, and these kinds of things, which is really cool. During the writer's strike, uh, Joss Whedon used the internet to do um, – Dr. Horrible sing-along blog, which was just it's a huge success, you know, and has a giant cult following. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think go. I think it can go terribly right, too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, there's always pros and cons to it, mm -hmm. you know, and I think a double edged sword, so to speak. Yes. Double edged one. lightsaber. 
Sure. With no handle. Yeah. No. Yes. yes no. What? He was just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> there go my fingers. <laughs> Watch wow. this cool nifty trick. Oh, there goes my thumb. <laughs> so uh, Darth Maul's lightsaber, so to speak. Yes. Because I think, and I think that's kind of the point where we were all that we're all kind of centering around is that this oversaturation of of media and having these preconceived notions about movies before we go in mm-hmm. can really make or break a movie. And yeah. so I think the question should now become is, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Should we go the Abrams route and keep everything under wraps? Or should we do the Blair Witch Project and use the viral marketing? Because as you can see in both cases with indie movies and with Joss Whedon's Dr. Horrible sing-along blog, it was a commercial success. I mm-hmm. mean, it has this cult following. For Wolverine's, you know, for, for the Wolverine movie and other movies of its like, uh, that proved to be a horrible decision, and it left such a bad taste in people's mouths that yeah. when they went to go see it, they had low expectations, and then what they saw made it even lower expectations. Yeah. So what do you guys think? Is secrecy the way to go? Should we all be Abrams and go secrecy and no longer but he's, he's have secret this podcast? And he's still, he's, he's secret, but still viral. <laughs> what? He's secret, but still viral. Yeah, absolutely. Right, but the point I'm trying to make is that we're living in a world where we're having things be told to us about movies that are going to come yeah. down three years from now. Yeah, yeah. But with Abrams, you're getting glimpses every maybe three to six months up until he starts actually filming. A case in point, comes out as, right? As, a case as in as point, well. he went into Conan and he showed three frames of, of Star Trek Two. Three yeah. seconds. Three Which seconds. Is awesome. No, it was three frames. It was three frames. It was three, three frames. frames. Three frames. Oh, right. Yeah, of Star Trek Two. Of Spock carrying, you know, something. And you're just he like, was wearing a helmet. A space in, suit. Yeah, he was wearing a spacesuit in a, a volcanic. Volcano. Yeah. Yes, sound yes. guy. We yes. got it. Sound guy's back. Yeah. Harpo <laughs> is back and he's very excited. Uh-oh, I think he has to go change his pants. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing is that with Abrams, it's very discreet. And I will admit to that. He is discreet. He's still doing viral marketing for the movie. But we don't know anything about it, right? It's all speculation. Yeah. And that really kind of boils down to what we're talking about is that in this day and age, you cannot get away from that. Yeah. We are going to be in an era, and going forward, it's going to be probably even worse, but we're in an era now where people are going to talk about movies and people like us are then going to turn around and make a podcast <laughs> and speculate on said information yeah. and, and because that's what keeps the movie wait, business driving. Wait, what? Are you saying there are other movie podcasts out there? <laughs> no, I mean, there's only us. Oh, thank just God. Us. I was really, really worried. We're totes original guys. Yeah, yeah I, I was laughing because I thought you were serious for a second. <laughs> yeah, no we, no, we are literally the only film podcast on iTunes. Only there you one. go. Period. <laughs> <laughs> well, no worthy. It's just us. <laughs> just one. There's just no us. sliding around. Nope. Just nerds on us. film. <laughs> well, and I think it's pretty interesting to, to kind of get a, a better sense of the, the political process, the economical process, the production process yeah. in general, the creative process. I think it's really interesting um, watching how The Hobbit has been playing out yeah. um, has been just oh, really, yeah. really fun. Yeah. Um, despite the fact that, I mean, when I heard that all of a sudden they were going to be expanding it to more than just one movie, I was like, wait a minute, yeah. what? Yeah, no, it's going to be three, I know. Well, they had two already, and then yeah. after they started yeah. doing everything, they're like, oh, by the way, there's no, a third one. No, it's we're like, just going to split it up. Hold on, I'm sorry, what? time out. I mean, what? It, it's good. It's all good, but, you know, I'm going to use the analogy of the magician teaching you how to pull a rabbit out of the hat. With movies like The Hobbit and, like, even with Superman video blogs, you see so much of the movie being made that the magic of the actual story, I feel like, is a little bit is lost because you don't. That's exactly my point. Because you don't get to believe 
that Superman can fly, or you don't get to believe that Bilbo Baggins is three feet tall Whoa. compared to. These things are not true. <laughs> exactly. Right. You know, the magician. I'm legitimately at the, asking at, you. At, <laughs> well, see, <laughs> really. See, now, to, to take this, to take this metaphor. I'm sorry, go on, yet. go on. Whoa. Thank you. You have no room to talk. I'm yeah, sorry. seriously, no Brian. Talk. No, no. You talk over me all the time. <laughs> go on, Brian. Exactly. Say your analogy, then Sarah has the floor. At least the magician will do, will do the magic trick before they teach you how it's done. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So you're saying save it for the commentary. Yes. All right. Save and, it and for the, the DVD. Not the production for, features. But they're not, yes. though. You're getting it. Sorry, go. I'll go after you. What I find really interesting is not necessarily how the trick is done. Or, no, sorry. It's not the trick itself, seeing it from the audience, but how the trick is done. So it's it's the, you know, every magician has a different way of pulling the rabbit out of the hat. And so I think that's kind of an interesting process to see. Now we all know how people do CG. We all know how people are doing um, the green screen and and the motion capture and that kind of stuff. It's so that kind of like, so when they're releasing behind the scenes pictures of that kind of stuff before the movie comes out, doesn't really lose the magic for me just because when I see it on screen, that's, I can, I can, at least me personally, I can disassociate. Yeah. Same here. So I have to go with Brian on this one. Um, our friend of on a quick stand home, uh, pause, if you will. Okay. <laughs> just, just, just for this time being, um, a, a, a truce, a truce, a truce, as, if you will. As Brian is cracking his knuckles and shaking his uh, fist, therefore, cool. afterwards, I, I got my direction. shank ready. Yeah. I'm ready to throw it out. Remember out. guys, we're the UN here. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree with Brian. I feel like with all this oversaturation, by the time you see the movie, you already know how the trick is done, that a little bit of the magic is gone. And, I love to watch it on the DVDs, and that's what I think is fascinating. Like you had mentioned earlier, uh, Kevin, that mm. the Prometheus DVD is, yeah. is chock full of commentaries and, yep. and documentaries, and I would love to see that. Absolutely. Having seen that before I watched the movie feels like it takes just a little bit of the movie away from me, the magic, the, the mystique of that film. Yeah. And especially with something like The Hobbit, with all these production movies, like I've seen mm. maybe one or two production you know, journal entries that he's done, which are cool because it's nice to see that he's getting the fans involved in that way. But I I don't want to do that because I don't want to ruin that first viewing because I feel like, and maybe Brian can kind of agree with me is when you have all of these things thrown at you of like, here's the costumes for all the new, you know, villains of this movie. Here's, you know, crossbone for the new winter soldier movie that's coming out. Here's this, here's that. By the time you watch it, it's just, there's no more, Da da, you know, like there's no pizzazz right. when you go and yeah. see it because when you see it, you're like, right. I remember seeing you in a photo, a grainy photo that someone took from about you know four football fields away six months ago when they first released that photo. Yeah. yeah, and so it's no longer like that weight of an entrance. So filmmakers have that who, or even film writers when they write that scene, you know, having written movies that never, no one will ever see, but kind of getting a glimpse of what people are understanding is like when that film writer writes that scene and they write that villain being introduced, they can probably have that music in the background. They're like, okay. And then everybody's going to be holding their breath and it's all in bated breath. And then bam, here's the big reveal. Yeah. And then by the time that gets translated to the actual screen, we see the big reveal and half the audience is like, now what? Well, it's, it's the first time, the first time you hear a story, there's the, the surprise of what happens next. Yeah. And if you know, Oh, there's this great shot. There's a crazy shot. That's going to happen. Oh, it's coming. And there it happens, like, okay, there it was. 
but it's not. But you knew the shot was coming. Well, this is why know? I don't re- read reviews specifically. Well, it's I not try reviews, not to, but well. it's just it's just movie knowledge in general. Yeah, I mean, like if you want to equate it, like the internet is like that friend that's already seen the movie that's sitting next to you and going like, "Shh, are you watching?" Are you watching this part? Are you you got to watch this part because this part's fucking hilarious. Or, yeah. dude, 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 this part yeah. is sick. It's going to blow up. The, the building's going to be fine. I mean, you're going to see it. The way they do it is amazing. <laughs> but, I mean, it's like it's that annoying friend that you go to the movie with that's already seen it. You're like, just shut the fuck up and let me enjoy it for the first time, please. And and just to show, uh, throw in a little joke, um, there's this internet meme surrounding Taken where it's, um, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you live. Um, but if yada, 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 I will find you and I will kill you. There's a meme based around that and has a picture of Liam Neeson. So right before The Dark Knight Rises, the day before The Dark Knight Rises came out, the caption was, I don't know who you are, but if you spoil The Dark Knight Rises for me, I will find you and I will kill you. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I, I put that right on my Facebook page and I was just like, don't you even dare anyone. Right. right. Well, and, yeah. and, and so the thing is, is, is images, costumes, whatever, I'll, I'll pay attention to that stuff on the Internet. And, and casting, et cetera, directing, writing, all that. <coughs> I'll pay attention to that stuff. Because what really matters to me is how the actors are playing their characters and mm. the story. And so if I, if, I can, if I can keep away from that stuff, yeah. then I'll be happy. And, and the movie experience is not ruined for me. If they're spoiling the story for me, then that's where I'm going to have a problem. Well, it's funny that we're all bringing up <coughs> this topic because um, there's a, sh- a short story that I want to share with you guys from the early 2000 era, right before Peter Jackson's King Kong came out, um, he did a a production blog. And he actually did it for a long time, um, well before the movie came out. And the thing is, his production blog, although it was sharing some interesting parts and uh, about the movie King Kong, and it showed the actors and costume and everything, the production blog uh, was mostly on how big budget movies are made and his process with, you know, some footage with uh, surrounding King Kong. Um, I followed this uh, production blog from day one all the way until the end. I even bought the DVD collector's pack that was that had all of the production blog videos into one set that came with artwork and this fancy case. And then when I saw the movie King Kong, it actually still surprised me because uh, Pierre Jackson was just so very well... Uh, he, he did a very good job hiding you know, the movie King Kong, but telling how he's making it. He did just such an eloquent and very, very informal, very informational, if that's even the right word, but also informative. Thank you. Informative, um, educational and entertaining uh, way on how big budget movies are made, how he makes them uh, while sharing some little, hey, here's a little sneak peek for uh, Naomi Watts's dress for when she's on top of the uh, Empire State Building. It was kind of like that. And I really appreciated him for that because I went to the movie getting going, okay, I saw the production blogs, I'm ready for this movie, and it still blew me away. I still found the the multiple wow moments. Uh, absolutely. Our sound guy yeah. just uh, pulled up the meme of uh, Liam Neeson with the phone in the Dark Knight. It was quite awesome. Yeah. I wish one of us could do a Liam Neeson impression because this is like, yeah. oh uh, man, that's a hard one. That that is is like hard a one Scottish, yeah. Irish accent. It's yeah. Irish, yeah. 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 And so, it's, let's not even try. <laughs> But yes, getting back to what I was saying. I love Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> so too, clearly we need to get Liam Neeson and Hugh Jackman. And Chris room. Evans. And Chris Evans. And William Shatner's nipples. <laughs> <laughs> if we got three out of the four things on that list. <laughs> I know we'll we'll do all right. single out which one. On to the show. I would be forever grateful. To 
Again, I'd be happy with one. I didn't pick yeah, out which ones. It's your interpretation of what uh, those three of the four David wants to see. Um, Note. One of them is nipples. <laughs> um, but I think, uh, like, just finishing up what I was saying, um, I really admire Peter Jackson's craft. Um, I saw King Kong uh, five times in theaters, uh, which equated to five times three is 15. 15. Yeah, I saw... You spent 15 fi- hours. 15 hours Peter watching Jackson. King Kong. Yeah. Wow. I, li- I love that movie. It was, uh, apart from Revenge of the Sith, that was my favorite movie that came out in 2005. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sarah, it looked like you had a rebuttal to that. No, I didn't. No? Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> well, the one thing I wanted to pose as a food for thought for our dear listeners and for you guys for a potential uh, a future podcast, it surrounds actually uh, Peter Jackson and his process, and then in terms of CGI as well. The fact that, you know, bringing this whole conversation full circle... There's really not that much magic left in the movies anymore because there are websites, magazines, uh, DVD featurettes, um, production blogs, things like that, that kind of reveal the tricks of the trade, like Brian, you were mentioning, in terms of the rabbit coming out of the hat from the magician. The audience is very well aware to a degree that, uh, you know, there are ways that, you know, movies made or like you also had mentioned, oh, that's CGI right there. Peter Jackson is one of the few directors to this day that still brings like some magic into the movies where it doesn't matter how it was made. It just looks really good. I would say that um, Brad Bird for uh, Mission Impossible 4 for Ratatouille and Iron Giant also is a very good contender. J.J. Abrams, Ridley Scott for sure, Um, Steven Spielberg always, so on and so forth. It's this day in information where there's not a lot to be mysterious except for the movie and the story itself which to a degree i'm actually okay with i'm okay with knowing how cgi and sets are made i'm more interested in the story now mm-hmm. that's my five cents i think that's a great way to close actually that was really good that was nice it was beautiful thanks I, i'm sorry i'm just getting choked up here i never get recognition ever for anything <laughs> well here Sarah's wife is listening. Yeah. Listen closely. <laughs> no, that's a great point. Okay. And I think and I think we all kind of share that sentiment to a certain yeah. degree that story is far more important. Absolutely. You know, and I think while I do have certain reservations about it, you know, like it's like what Pixar says, right? They're not going to produce something unless there's a story behind it. Yeah. And that's that's what is important and that's what we need and that's what needs to be done going forward. Right. And as long as some snot-nosed reporter from Pasadena doesn't, you know, ruin the ruin the story for us, I think we'll be okay. And as long as you're tempering what you're watching mm-hmm. or reading on the internet, yeah. and and you're kind of gauging your own stuff, um, like I said, I try to I try to avoid watching or reading reviews because I don't want somebody else's opinion of a movie to affect how I feel about it. I don't want it to ruin that experience unless it's a movie that I'm really on the fence about spending 10 bucks to go see. That's when I'll maybe go look at one. And then I'm usually will scroll down through like the first paragraph until they say spoilers ahead. Then I stop. (laughs) To me, it's gotten to the point now that once a movie's in production, I stop reading all news articles about it until it comes out. I don't. You are a strong man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I did not strong. read. The force is strong. With you. I didn't read anything about Dark Knight Rises because I didn't want to know. Good for you. Oh, you- I once once the ta- cast was set, I was like cool, awesome, and then I just let it ride from that point on. I've done it with pretty much every major comic book movie in the past five years wow. that's come out, maybe even six years, because I don't. I didn't really follow Superman Returns that much either. Okay. 
I think what it comes down to is, yeah, I mean, if you feel like it is spoiling it for you, well, then it's really your responsibility. You know, the internet is out there for the for you to choose. You can choose whether you want to, which articles you want to read. Ah, uh, free will. Yes. Free will. Just uh, be careful personal with your friends on Facebook. Yeah. 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 So to, fi- to finally sum up, it's down to personal accountability because we are in an era where it's never going to go away. Oh, right. hell no. No, it's, it's here to stay. It's going to get worse. If anything. So basically what well, you're w- saying is that on release day, don't look at the internet. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't say worse per se. It's going to get different for sure. I mean, like we mentioned with Blair Witch Project, it was basically, quote unquote, the birth of viral marketing. Yeah. And then we fast forward to, you know, the Dark Knight's viral marketing campaign. Fast forward to Super 8's uh, DVD Blu-ray campaign that I mentioned before as well. It's It's going to evolve like the internet has. I mean, we grew up with it. Uh, the internet will evolve. So will you know how movies are made. So will uh, sharing news about how movies are made. Well, and it's just it's interesting because hype can be fun. Absolutely, hype can be a freaking blast. It can get people completely stoked for a movie. You know, Dark Knight Rises. I was totally on board. Like I was, hell yeah, let's! I can't wait for this movie to come out. And it was awesome, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Or the hype can be so good, and then we can get a steaming pile of shit, you know? So it kind of <laughs> just depends, and, and you're never going to know until that movie comes out. So just go for the ride, people. You may yeah. be a little disappointed, but... I want to make a movie where we leak all this hype about it, and we send out different production stills, where it's like, this is what the movie's about, you know? and then you just, you're thinking the same thing, right? It's the, whole, the movie's just about black screen, the whole two hours, like we left the lights cap on, the whole movie. No, 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 no. <laughs> I do want to do that. I think it'd be hilarious. That's funny. Um, but no, I think, I think what we should do, we should make a movie where, with the stuff that we're leaking to the press, is completely 100%, 180 degrees from what's actually happening in the movie. So oh. everyone thinks they're going in to watch, like, this, maybe it's like a biopic about Lincoln. And instead they go and they see, like, you know, kittens looking puppies. I can't cite examples, but there have been movies where like all the stuff that you see in the trailer that makes you think it's the crescendo of the movie happens it's, in like the first half hour. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, then what happens? And you're like, oh, wow, this movie's a lot more involved than you thought. Yeah. It was yeah. going to be. You know what? What trailer got me uh, for brothers with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. Natalie, Natalie Portman, Portman. and oh Tobey Maguire. I remember watching that trailer. You and I saw it We together. totally saw it. And I was like, oh, this seems like a nice move. Well, that just kind of took a really sad turn. What the hell just happened? It was like... <laughs> it was three movies It was like three one. movies wrapped in one of Jeez. like, this guy is going off to war and this girl's seeking solace with her, it you was know, like with the brother. All over again. And then all of a sudden, like, the, guys, the, movie, you know, the guy the, that went the, off to war is dead. And then, oh. And you're like, oh, the brother is going to be the Oh, it's a love story oh, between there. It's okay. nice, sweet. Oh, the gloves <laughs> on the other brother's and back, and he's done. pissed. And you're like, what the hell just happened? I remember when we walked into the theater, I was like, um, can we talk about that trailer? And she's like, why? I'm like, that was fucking nuts. It was a weird, weird trailer. And then I watched the movie, and it was equally as offsetting as the trailer. Well done. Yeah, that was good. good. Job. Thanks. Our sound guy is showing us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's such a I love movie. that meme. Uh, it's, it's one of my meme, favorites. Uh, for, for why we're laughing is uh, there's a meme our sound guy is showing us of uh, of an older woman who's in a obviously a third world nation. She's speaking to a child who has like a what you talking about Willis look. And uh, the meme says, so you're telling me you got free health care and people are mad because of that? <laughs> Which... <laughs> Well there's played, there's well another played. one Internet. of that. There's one of that where it says, "So you guys, you guys have so much clean drinking water that you shit in it." <laughs> 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 
It's so terrible, but so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and so true. Well, yeah. Kevin, thank you so much for coming in and... Yes, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to yeah. have you here. Thank you, you guys. You know, I, I, I'm glad you invited me back, and I'm always glad to uh, join in on the film talk. Absolutely. Awesome. And so we're anytime. glad that you're feeling mildly better. Mildly. Yeah, thank mildly. you for being such a trooper and yeah. coming in tonight. Yeah, we got to wrap this up before the drugs wear off. <laughs> Sarah, well, with wake that, up. With that. <laughs> wake up. Wake yeah. up. Wake up, Sarah. Oh, no. <laughs> we lost. You can follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Yardonomy. You can uh, find uh, me on Twitter at Brian Moriarty. You can find me on Twitter at David C. McGuire. I don't Twitter. God, still. one day, guys. It's coming. I, I Hopefully. Swear. You can also follow us on our Facebook pages for both Nerds on Film and Nerds on History. Which, by the way, for the two people that are living in the UK, thank you for liking us. Yeah, thanks. I'm glad that we're now international. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Um, and you also, can also email us. Mm-hmm. Uh, at uh, Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, at Nerdonomy.com. And Sarah at Nerdonomy.com. That's S-A-R-A-H. And David, I don't have any word spelling. <laughs> at Nerdonomy.com. <laughs> and please, we are hungry for your... Sarah was so excited Stoked. about her so Ask Nerdy Girl email, email a couple weeks ago. Please give us another one. Please Do give it. us any of us. Uh, yeah, Brian and I would love an email because we'd, like we'd like to get mail. But uh, like I love Hanks. it more, so email me. Yeah, we will respond. Oh, and yes. Also, we will respond. We, please go to neuronomy.com. Check out archive of episodes that maybe you've missed. Maybe you're new to the game. Come check us out. Watch us from the progression, episode one to now. And also go to the merch. You can wear our content where you can say things like, hey, I wonder why they're saying Akbar. Well, if you want to wear an Akbar t shirt, my friends, we have one. Oh, we didn't Akbar at all this episode. We didn't Akbar. Well, because at nobody all. said anything offensive. Remember, it's only for it's something just that the safe word. one of us. It's our safe word. And you'll see it on the merch. Uh, logo, but guaranteed if you go and you get that, not only are you supporting your nerdism, you are supporting the U.S. as it is something that is made within the United States. So what you're telling me is that it's not a trap. It's yes, not a trap. That's true. Yes. <laughs> well, with that, uh, I do believe that Ed brings a close to this episode. Indeed. Indeed. Hey. Bye, uh, guys. Kevin, thanks again. Yes, and Kevin, guys, thank you so much. We will, uh, We'll see you next week. He yeah. said sluts. Or we'll hear you. Whatever. You, you get the analogy. Bye. That was weird. Bye, Brian. <laughs>